right now. Today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told. And nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash the Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 132 of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing, consider sharing the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast with whomever you know might be in the same boat as we are all in trying to gain a healthy life and you think they can benefit from this message and whatever app you're listening on. If there is a way to rate the show, please give a four star, a five star rating, write a little review about the show, anything to spread the word and encourage people to listen to this show. If you enjoy it. Well, let's not waste time. Let's get into this. Journey updates. We are down 2.2 pounds this week. Total lost for the month of March is 2.6 pounds. Total loss since January 2019 is 154.6 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to the 175-pound milestone is 20.4 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to the 200-pound milestone is 45.4 pounds. I'm currently in week 18 of my consistency challenge. Week 17 went well. No complaints. We have a success that week. We're going to take this. I wanted to make it an even number because I originally had said 20 weeks. And that kind of translates to five months, and that's just, it's not an even number to me. So I think I'm going to, tra- I'm going to track this until I hit the six-month mark. And then we'll have like a, sh- a show where I go over the percentages of successful weeks and the failure weeks. We'll, we'll go over it all and recap the entire journey of what it took to gain consistency into making, number one, five workouts a week. And to have two of them be Leslie Sansone workouts. That was the goal when this whole consistency challenge started. And we are pushing forward. So I'm going to make it an even six months. I believe that's 24 weeks. So when we hit week 24, we're going to call it done. And we'll move on with our lives and think of the next thing to make consistent. So I want to talk a little bit about the journey. I want to reflect about what I spoke about last week as well. When we all decide 
it's time to live a healthy lifestyle. That day one, it doesn't really matter how many times you've been on the same program. It doesn't really matter how many different programs you've been on or how many times you've attempted. The day one of the program is always like going to elementary school. On that day, you get an idea of the fundamentals of what it takes to follow the plan you've chosen, whatever that plan is. If you stick around long enough to make the fundamentals relatively consistent, because there's many of us that don't ever get out of the elementary stage. We have decided, we have these preconceived notions that there are certain things that just aren't required. And I swear, it makes me cringe every time someone tells me they don't track or if somebody wants congratulations for tracking because these are things that are required. They have, in my mind, the day that I decided to join, this was one of those required things. I wasn't going to come into something and say, eh, nah, that's not required. I'm not going to do it. It's just not what I was thinking. To me, deciding not to track, if you can actually believe you don't require tracking, why would you need the plan in the first place? If you aren't going to need to track anything, you should have just made the healthy choices. Why do you need to pay to be on a plan? What's the point? Essentially, when you decide not to do certain aspects of the journey, it's like getting in your car and saying, eh, not stopping at any red lights today. We wouldn't do that. Why, why wouldn't we do that? Because the consequences of our actions can show up much quicker than deciding not to do things on a health plan of our choice. We would never have the, the guts to get in the car and just say, I'm just going to step on the gas and literally not stop at any traffic light. We wouldn't. Yet, it's the equivalent. But because you know you probably couldn't make it five minutes in the car without stepping on the brake or stopping at a traffic light, you know that you could be dead in about 10 minutes, you won't dare do it. But choosing not to track, the consequences for those actions don't show up for a very long time. Choosing not to, whatever the case may be, weigh and measure food, those consequences not going to show up for a very long time. And then some of us have those consequences show up. We never admit that we do these things. And we blame the plan instead. When they realize, no matter how many times you blame the plan, no matter how many times you can say this didn't work for you, there are probably three or four other people that can put the lie to what you're saying because they actually applied the fundamentals. They found discipline and consistency. And that's what middle school is. Right. Once you learn those fundamentals, it's about becoming good at those fundamentals, not just not just doing them, but becoming good at them. 
like some like a basketball player standing on the court, the fundamentals for him would be layup drills, foul shots, stuff like that. I mean, if you're standing on the court and you're like, ah, eh, foul shots not so not necessary. Layup drills, nah, not necessary. You you're skipping core essentials of what it takes to be a basketball player. And the practice of those, you know, there's one thing, the greatest players that ever played any sport, they never skipped fundamental things. They did those fundamentals things until they could do them with their eyes closed. Until they could do it without thinking. And any day they skipped it, they felt like that day was a failure. Because they knew those things were required. And it didn't matter how many years they had been a a player, how many championships they won. It was just part of the routine. It was something you did every single day. Layup drills, foul shots, all that kind of practice. Without question. You could have had this weight problem your entire life. And then you have the nerve to walk in to whatever center you decide to choose to join, whatever it is. Doesn't have to be Weight Watchers. Could be anything. And you say, yeah, I'll do this, but that's not necessary. You start negotiating as if you know what you're doing. Because if you really knew what you were doing, you wouldn't be in this position in the first place. That's the bottom line. And you could come up with a billion reasons why. Those reasons are only reasons to you. To everyone else, they're excuses. As we go through and as we perfect the fundamentals in our best way we can, it's like going into middle school. We begin to learn what it is to be disciplined and we create consistency. We create a routine of how to go through our healthy lifestyle. So after you build some consistency and some discipline in your life, you move up into high school. And at this point in your journey, things have definitely become difficult. Just because, and I, I compare the journey to school for a reason, because everybody can relate to how school became more and more difficult as you went through it. Nobody ever stepped into kindergarten thinking that graduating high school would be the exact same as it was going into kindergarten. No one does that. They all have this understanding that every year you go through school, things become more difficult, you either rise to the challenge or you fail. Yet there's a bunch of us that would join a weight loss program and be in it for however many years and think that the exact same rules that applied on day one apply on day 501. Now, there's many different ways to say this. Oh, switching it up, doing all these things. Really, what separates you, where you want to be from where you are, is the knowledge you have that you need to get there. That's really what separates you. Because every lesson, every level that we've achieved to get as far as we get. We had to learn a lesson to get there. And the same thing goes when you become these upper echelons and things have gotten really difficult 
and the closer and closer to your goal you get, there are lessons to be learned that people don't often care to learn. Look, everything we choose is all the same. There's a, whatever plan it is, there's a way of doing it in the beginning. But at some point, that plan, I don't care whether it's keto, intermittent fasting, Weight Watchers, Noom, whatever it is, I don't care. At some point, you will have the choice to actually graduate and move on from it or stay stagnant where you are. And you'll think like, oh, it's leaving a program. Listen, this is your journey. This is your journey. And what's going to stop you from getting to where you want to be is the knowledge that it takes to get there. And I have been talking about it for a couple of weeks now. If I was the billionaire who owned the company and all I wanted to do was keep making more money, I would want to make sure you stay right where you were and you would be happy about it and comfortable with it. If you really want to get to whatever goal you have, there's nothing comfortable about getting there. Whatever that number is, whatever that dress size or pant size or whatever it is. There's nothing comfortable about getting there. So many of us never get there because we settle for less. And we say, ah, well, maybe it's just not in for me. Maybe it's just not meant to be. I have almost finished the book I spoke about last week. I'm very close to finishing. This book is It has changed my thinking completely. Now, so many of you have said, it's amazing how you think so different. Well, that's what I feel about this book. All all the things that that are said in this book just make sense. I was so intimidated of the idea counting macronutrients or at least learning about them. I was so intimidated by it. But I knew in my head that Weight Watchers wasn't the end. The knowledge I would need would go beyond what Weight Watchers was handing out. I would have to go above and beyond to seek the knowledge I needed to get to where I want to be. I always knew this. That's why the goal always was lose 200 pounds and then reassess my life at that point. I believed that Weight Watchers would get me to the 200 pound goal. I don't say, I'm not saying that I don't believe it now, but I'm also saying that what I've learned from this book, if implemented right now, instead of waiting till I get to 200 pounds, I could end up in a completely different position when I hit the 200-pound loss mark. And that's what it's really about. It's, it's becoming the best version of yourself. And I don't have loyalties to anything. And neither do you. Right now, you're loyal to this because it's what's working at the moment. At some point, maybe it won't work anymore. But rather than quit... I'm encouraging you to learn more. 
when things are on a, at a standstill and you're halted in your progression, these are the moments where a lesson is knocking at your door and it's your choice to open it. This book explained macronutrients in a way that is completely understandable and completely eye-opening at the same time. Not only do I feel like I can understand it, I actually feel like I could put it to practice. I feel like macronutrients is the end of it all. It's the top of the mountain because it shows you a way that we should all know how to feed our bodies, but none of us knows. Only the few that have chosen to know, know. Everyone else is busy going in circles like us. Christine, the author of the book, she breaks it down in such a way that it makes you understand in a simplistic way. It almost like the, the, ba- the bite-sized pieces of understanding what macronutrients are, how they work, and how you can implement the whole idea of macronutrients into your life. And it, once you read her book, it starts with a simple quiz. There are two quizzes in the book. Now, the first quiz you deal with is for carb tolerance. And what the book says about it is, your body's ability to how it handles carb carbohydrates will separate you in apart from others because you either can handle them greatly, kind of handle them, or not really handle them. And depending on where you're at, based on how you score on that quiz, affects the second quiz. So I took both quizzes. The second quiz is your macro type. Now I noticed when I first took the quizzes, I was, I was kind of answering the questions based on where I had been rather than where I was. So I started over and did it again. And to be honest with you, it was a waste of time because I ended up in the same two categories regardless of it. And I ended up in the same macro type in the end anyway. In the carb tolerance quiz of this book, I scored a 19. In the macro type quiz, my final score was a 57. The first quiz with a score of 19 put me in a category of moderately low carb tolerance. And it reads, you gain weight easily and tend to struggle to drop weight even when you are focused and dialed in. You may be pre-diabetic, have hormonal issues, or have a slower overall metabolism. You have tried to cut out carbs to lose weight, but can't sustain it. You don't feel your best under those conditions, and you experience low energy and can't pinpoint the correct approach to optimize your progress in a way that you can actually live with. If you have starchy carbs with every single meal, you know you will be bloated. As much as you enjoy carbs, you tend to experience better results 
when you have a lower carbon take. Now on the macro types quiz, I scored a 57, which put me in a category of protein-fueled, low-carb macro type. When I read the actual macro types, it wasn't really a surprise to me. The surprise came uh, a little bit later, to be honest with you. So I spent the weekend looking for applications on the phone that I can use to count macros. And so many of them are out there, and so many of them have premiums so that you pay for the premium version and whatever else. But when it, when it categorized me, it told me the percentages of each thing. So based on what I scored, I should eat 37.5% protein, 36% fat, and 26.5% carbs. And I noticed really quickly that none of the apps that I downloaded would allow a half a percent. Even when paying for the premium versions, they would not allow a half a percent. So I had to get it as close to that as possible. And many of them, their percentiles went in the fives. So five, 10, 15, 20, rather than one, two, three, four, five. So instead of 37%, I ended up having to choose 40%. Okay, so I erred on the side of protein since the category I got put into was high protein, low carb. We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. I now present to you the Ranting Weight Watcher Accountability Creed. If you choose this day to say this creed, you are accountable to me, the author. You are also accountable to all of those before you who have taken the creed and all of those after you who will take the creed. But most of all, you are accountable to yourself. Now recite with me the accountability creed. Nothing can stand in my way because I choose to be unstoppable. My challenges crumble in my presence because I choose strength when I am weak. My insecurities have no power over my life because I choose confidence in the face of fear. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. The mirror and the scale are powerless because I move forward in spite of the result. Circumstances are not obstacles because I see solutions instead of problems. The demons of my past can no longer torment me because I choose to renew my mind daily. All things are possible as long as I believe, because if God is for me, who can be against me? This is the creed I declare each day. It is about what I do, not what I say. I will learn the work that needs to be done. I will never stop, even when I've won. I will work consistently, no matter the cost. 
I refuse to believe that all hope is lost. I will work when I want to. I will work when I don't. I will work when they are cheering. I will work when they won't. I will work when it's easy. I will work when it's hard. The atonements that I've made are made with no regard. I will work when it's cold. I will work when it's hot. Because choices have consequences, justified or not. When I think I know it all, I will start back at one. Because regardless of what I think, the work is never done. And from this moment forward, when times are tough, I choose to believe that I am enough. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. Now, in my head, I had believed that I was already doing this. In my head, I had this preconceived notion that I'm already reliving this life. This is kind of a, um, an anticlimactic ending here in my head. So the app I ended up going with, I already had a subscription to because my mom, who's trying to live a healthy lifestyle and doing pretty well with it, is on the Healthy app, which is kind of a substitution for Weight Watchers. They have plans that mimic the older versions of Weight Watcher plans. I became a member of Healthy so that I can use the app, familiarize myself with it, and if my mother needed my help, at least I would know what I was doing. The price of the Healthy app for the premium version is $30 a year. And I believe it's a little bit more than that, and then they have workshops too. I'm not sure how much. But when I joined, it was $30 a year to be able to use the app. The plan I chose in the app is called the balance plan. And the balance plan is very much like the blue plan. In fact, the same 200 zero-point foods that were available on the blue plan are there on the balance plan. And they also have what's called a sugar smart plan. The sugar smart plan very much mimics the green plan. Or even in this case, the diabetic plan. They are so very similar. I've been on the diabetic plan and I tried the sugar smart plan to begin with. They are almost identical to the point where I can zap the same food with both apps and have it be, I mean, now healthy calls it bites. Weight Watchers calls it points. Now I did it as a test. I grabbed my plain Cheerios because I put Cheerios in my yogurt. And I grabbed the plain Cheerios and I zapped the box with both apps. And Healthy logs it as three bites. Weight Watchers logs it as three points. They are almost identical in everything. Give or take a point here and there, you're relatively on Weight Watchers for $30 a year, essentially. So 
in this application, in the settings part of it, you can enable the points, or I should say bytes. You can also enable macros, and you can enable calorie counting. So all on the same screen, you can have your Weight Watcher style points, you can have calorie counting, and you can have macros. All on the same screen. When I played around with the settings, I was able to get my protein instead of 37 and a half, I got it to 40. And then with carbs, instead of 26, I went down to 25. And the fats, instead of 36, I was at 35. So I erred on the side of extra protein uh, rather than extra carbs. And I said, okay, I'm already living this lifestyle and, and you know what? I don't see any point, but we'll give it a shot anyway. I had been double tracking some of the meals that I take in a week. Now, for instance, because I eat the same breakfast seven days a week, the same lunch seven days a week, it was pretty simple to get those in there, save them as a meal, and track it. So I learned something very eye-opening when I did this on the first time. I learned that what I believed was a high-protein, low-carb lifestyle to be actually a high-carb, low-protein lifestyle. When I put the percentages in the app, it, it translated those percentages to grams. 40% protein translated to 229 grams of protein per day. 25% carbs translated to 143 grams. And 35% fat translated to 89 grams of fat. So I tracked my daily breakfast and I tracked my daily lunch the very first time. I chose all of the same stuff and they are relatively the same points in both ap applications. But here's where it goes, gets twisted. Just those two meals tracked every day. My protein is at 103 grams. My fat is at 56 and change grams. But my carbohydrates is 232 grams. The max for the day should be 143. And just breakfast and lunch is putting at me at 232 that's not even including dinner yet. This was a huge, it was almost like a smack in the face. I had lived under the delusion that the choices I was making, although they are healthy choices, but I believed myself to be on a high-protein lifestyle and low-carb. And instead, I'm eating almost double the amount of carbs I should eat a day. And not enough protein. 
So it is in this moment where you are on the edge of the cliff. On the edge of greatness. And to achieve everything you've ever wanted to achieve, all you need to do is jump. What separates you from getting to where you want to be is the choice to be uncomfortable. So my plan in order to get to where these macros need them to be, I have to drop my carb intake. Now, according to Christine in her book, she says not to think about it as dropping a certain item. That if I do that, then this will be much more difficult than it is. And I could feel myself doing that now. And she says instead, you have to think of what you would be replacing them with. The way she presents it is, if you are in abundance in one of the macros, that means you are in a deficit on the other macro. So it's not about eliminating one. It's about exchanging it to balance out the others. So I have to go through what I eat. And here's the thing about macros. So there's no, there's no zero point anything here. This is going to be a bit of a struggle for me. That's for sure. You know, when I first started on Weight Watchers in January 2019, my favorite meal of the day was dinner. I never thought it would be any different. That was just my thing. I liked dinner the best. And I typically would eat on the lower side of the points for breakfast and lunch and then go heavy on dinner. Last year, during my experimentation with the diabetic plan that was about, actually, it's exactly a year ago. We're talking about March 2022. I started documenting with you guys my experimentation with the Weight Watchers diabetic plan and giving you my experience with it. In that time, the food that I enjoyed more became breakfast. Everything I've eaten since I started in January 2019 compared to what I eat now, it's, it's like a complete flip. I eat more whole foods than anything else. When you, if you would have looked at my tracker back then in 2019, you would have seen a lot of Weight Watcher snacks, these chips, these uh, snack bars, all kinds of stuff. And now all of that's gone. And there are snacks like apples, bananas, uh, cantaloupe. It's all whole food. And matter of fact, the only thing that I could say is processed right now for sure is the bread that I eat. And then there's the cottage cheese and yogurt. I believe you would call those processed because there's other ingredients. I think anything with multiple ingredients is considered processed food. But nothing I think I eat is highly processed. So between rice, bread, and English muffin, and cottage cheese and yogurt. 
those are the three things that are processed. Everything else is a vegetable, like bell peppers, carrots, and or a fruit, something that grows on a tree or from the ground. So it's going to end up becoming what are the fruits that I love that I have come, I've come to love breakfast so much because I do eat fruit during breakfast. I make a nice um, eggs on, like eggs with hot peppers on a English muffin at like 6.30 in the morning. But then later I'll do yogurt, a cottage cheese, and I have some fruit. And this is where all the carbs are coming from, the fruit. And I was looking up last night the low-carb fruit versus high-carb fruit, and I swear almost every fruit I eat is a high-carb fruit. So I might have to, number one, look for protein substitutions. If I could turn some of these fruits into some sort of protein, that'll help bring up the protein. I'm pretty close on fat. I could, you know, so I can choose something that would have a little bit of fat in it. Maybe some nuts or something like that. Almonds. But it's going to have to get substituted. Some of these fruits are going to have to get substituted to bring up the protein. So that I can call myself on a high-protein, low-carb diet. I'm going to be taking the next few weeks to prepare myself mentally for this, number one, because I've come to love breakfast so much. I eat, matter of fact, when I, when I went on the diabetic experiment, I basically got rid of everything, every carb that wasn't a fruit, I got rid of it without even hesitating. But if I think about it, I don't think doing that right now is enough to get me to where I need to be. I think I have to substitute the carbs like the English muffin and the wheat bread. I have to substitute those for other things. And I have to substitute some of the fruit. It's going to be difficult. That's... It's not going to be an easy thing. But the reward for becoming successful at this is so much greater than my attachment to the perfect breakfast that I thought I created. I'll have to review. I'm actually going to keep a food scale at my desk here. So that during the day, when I start work, I can weigh the apple and just start to get an idea. Okay, if this is an average apple that I'm getting to eat every day, how many carbs are in that average apple? Same thing with the banana. Weigh the banana. And so on. This will get me to know what to substitute. In the little search I did last night of high-carb fruits. Three of the fruits I eat on a daily basis, at least three of them, fell on that list. Pear, banana, and the apple, I believe, fell on that list. 
of high-carb fruits. I will be looking for protein-based switches, exchanges, because I have to bring up the protein and I have to drop the carb. I'm only implementing what she said. She said, don't think of it as eliminating one macro. She said, exchanging it for the one you're low on. Think of it that way. So you're not eating less food. You're just eating different food. And maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll start making this. I'll have segments where if I feel like I'm having a moment, I may start using my voice recorder app on my phone and recording almost like a journal entry and then putting it on the podcast too. So you guys can come on this journey with me on the journey of what it takes to be within your macros. I'm going to take a few weeks here, study up of what what I'm taking in on a daily basis. Actually, because, listen, the way I have it tracked right now, I didn't weigh the apple, I didn't weigh the banana, I didn't weigh the pear. So I have a rough estimate of what the carbohydrates I'm taking in is. Could it be less? Absolutely. Could it be more? Absolutely. Either way, I have to get more precise as close to 100% as possible. There's nothing easy about getting to the end. But if we don't do anything, is it better to stay right where we are? You know, every week I get messages, whether it's on social media or emails, on Connect. Somebody out there at some point says, I feel like you were talking to me today in your episode. While I assure you, this episode is entirely about me. This book unlocked something in my brain. Something I always knew was there. I wasn't sure what it was. But deep down, I knew there was something more than counting points. I knew that there was more knowledge to obtain, and I didn't pretend otherwise. I feel like I'm standing on the edge of a cliff. The version of me that I always dreamed to become is saying, you're here. All you need to do now is jump. Everything I thought of how this journey would come to an end is slowly falling into place. I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared of myself right now. I've definitely not gotten over any kind of food addiction. So if I ever thought that what has happened in my brain since the, I finished this book has definitely proved it wrong. Sometimes your addictions just transfer and you think you're over them. 
See, just because you have an addiction to food and that addiction involves fast food, junk food, empty calories, it does not mean that it cannot transfer to stuff that anyone else would think is a normal, healthy thing. It doesn't matter how healthy something is if your relationship with that thing is unhealthy. And that's where I stand. Maybe this is one of those moments where I'm the one that needs to push. Those phone lines are always open if you ever wanted to leave a message. 505-652-7268. Come on. What did you actually think was going to happen? Did you think that the end would be this cupcakes and rainbows type of ending? Where everybody would just fall into place cheering you on? You had to know that this was going to be the hardest part of the fight. And now you want to sit here and talk about you're scared of yourself. Your addiction's just transferred. Who cares? Now's the time for you to put your own words to action. What do you tell these people every week? You tell them if you want what you say you want, you gotta do what you have to do. So now it's time for you to put up or shut up. This is nonsense. Nonsense what you've been doing in your own mind all week long. So get over it. Make the plan. You do it all the time. Assess your situation. Make a plan. Execute. That's what it's time to do. That's what this next few weeks is for. It's for you to make a plan and execute that plan. No more caught up in this feelings nonsense. It's time to get to work. All of this everything you've been doing for the last four years has been to get you to this moment. So you're on the edge of the cliff now and you want to talk about how scared you are? Get going! Jump off the cliff, do what you need to do. What you always knew was required. You always knew it would come to this. You were lying to yourself if you ever thought you didn't. Enough of this nonsense. They say you got to sacrifice to get what you want. But you know what? They were wrong. What you want is the sacrifice. I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.